Hello and welcome along to another episode of the Steel Sports Podcast, the podcast that puts kids first. I'm your host, Nathan Clinkenbeard. The Olympics in Tokyo were a brilliant spectacle as always, but now we have the Paralympics to look forward to beginning August 24th, also in Tokyo. Every Paralympic athlete has an amazing story to tell of overcoming obstacles to compete on the world stage. Team USA swimmer Morgan Stickney is no exception. Morgan was a champion swimmer as a youth before a foot injury and diagnosis of a rare vascular disease derailed her Olympic aspirations. She had her left leg amputated in 2018 and then fractures in her right leg a year later meant another amputation. Those setbacks, however, didn't stop Morgan from getting back in the pool, learning how to swim again, and training toward the 2020 Paralympics, where she will represent Team USA. Morgan embodies the Olympic spirit, and it was my pleasure to chat with her before she traveled to Tokyo. I hope you enjoy our conversation. She's representing Team USA in swimming at the 2020 Summer Paralympic Games in Tokyo that begin on August 24th and her story certainly is one that embodies grit, perseverance, and, and obviously a massive inspiration to, to anyone that hears it. She is Morgan Stickney. Morgan, thank you so much for joining the Steel Sports Podcast. It's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm, I'm sure you, you had to have watched some Olympic swimming a couple of weeks ago. Did you allow yourself to think, you know, I'm, I'm going to be swimming in that pool in a few days? Yeah, you know, um, I think it was just so exciting to see everyone competing and um, how well that they did. And I, I understand your mom was a, a swim instructor, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names, but I, I hear that maybe you weren't exactly a fish when, when you started swimming. So how did you, how did you develop that love for swimming when you were growing up? Yeah, I mean, I just loved being in the water. Um, even though when I first started swimming, I wasn't very good at all. Um, I just really loved being in the water and I love the competition and working hard. And so for me, it was just putting in that work and then it helped me get better. And, and growing up um, as, as a youth swimmer, teenage swimmer, you know, what, were, what were some of your goals or, or dreams as a teenage swimmer? Yeah, when I started getting really good at swimming, I was 14 years old. And at that point, uh, my biggest dream and goal was to go to the Olympic Games. And, and, you know, obviously, with with your injury, uh, you broke a bone in your left toe in, in 2013. And that that set some complications in motion, surgeries. And I, I know there was there was opioid dependency as well. And but you didn't have your left leg amputated until 2018. So obviously, a, a you know, difficult five year period for you. What what was the most difficult, difficult part of that uh, of that period? Probably towards the end was the most difficult. Um, all the pain that I endured was just, you know, it just stacked up upon me at the end. And it was really difficult having to give up swimming during that time period. Um, it got to the point where I wasn't even able to be in the pool anymore because I was in so much pain and pushing off the wall was something that I wasn't even able to do. So I think giving up swimming and all the pain that I endured during that time period was just something that was really difficult. 
Was there a point where you thought that you know, that was going to be it? You weren't going to be able to, to swim and compete anymore? Yeah, I mean, that definitely ran through my head. And, um, I mean, probably two years before I even lost my leg, I gave up swimming. And I didn't think I would ever swim again. Um, we didn't know at that point what the future would hold. And I certainly didn't think I would ever lose my leg. And so, um, yeah, I thought at that point I was giving up swimming for good. How how did that affect your psyche as well? You know, just, um, you know, on a personal level. It was really difficult. I, you know, I tried to be able to cope with it. And by doing that, I just tried to study really hard. Um, I'm a pre-med student. And so I tried to just put it all into my academics. But I was still missing something. And swimming has always been the biggest coping mechanism for me whenever I'm going through a difficult time, I kind of just put the hard work into the pool. And so not having that was really difficult for me. And, you know, just being an athlete, like a lot of times people put their identity into their sport. And so for me, it was really difficult because I didn't have swimming anymore. And I almost was like, who am I kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And and what about when you first heard the word or amputation, you know, what, what goes through your mind and, and how tough was that decision for you? Or, I mean, were you just at a point where you had to find another solution? Yeah. So when we started discussing amputation, we um, were seeing doctors all over the country, the best of the best, and we were given no other option at that time. And um, I was kind of, peaceful about the decision, although it was a very difficult decision. Um, but suffering for as long as I suffered and just being told that there were no there was no other option, I kind of just was like I was kind of done with the leg at that point. Like I was in so much pain. I was on opioids for years. Um I just really wanted my life back and to be able to live a normal life again. Um but losing my second leg was a whole different story. It was very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but how, how quickly were you thinking about getting back in the pool? Was that something that, that went through your mind? Um, and, and then once you did, you know, how excited were you to finally just, you know, get back in the pool and, and swim again? Yeah. So my surgeon mentioned to me before I lost my leg that I should get involved in the Paralympics. And I thought that was a great idea. And so once I lost my leg, I just wanted my leg to heal so badly so I could get back into the pool. And I had different setbacks healing wise, but um, I was able to get back in the pool three months after I lost my first leg. And it was honestly the greatest feeling in the world to just be able to be back in the pool and just be in my happy place. Were you, were you wanting to swim before you walked? Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um. And and then your your you had your lower right leg amputated shortly after. I mean, and 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 this wasn't uh, you know this wasn't too long after after you had your left leg amputated. You know, this happened in 2019, and and then the pandemic hits, and you obviously said it was it was a tough decision. Um, you know, in 2019 for your right leg. You know, I, it, it's only human nature. You're you're going to have doubts, but you know, how did you? keep your positivity and, and how did you stay focused uh, on, on learning to swim again, essentially, but then also training and, and pushing to, to get to Tokyo? 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy because once I found out I had to lose my second leg, I told, like, everyone, I was like, I'm never going to swim again. I'm not going to be able to swim without legs. It's just, it's not going to happen. And when I lost my legs, I came back home from the hospital. Swimming still was not on my mind. It wasn't really on my mind until probably three months after I lost my legs. And I was like, okay, this is kind of boring, just like sitting around kind of thing. And so um, I decided that swimming was probably the best thing to do. And so um, my legs weren't healed yet, so I couldn't get back into the pool. But when I went to rehab to learn how to walk, it was kind of funny because I learned how to swim as a bilateral before I learned how to walk as a bilateral. And so um, when I got back in that pool, it was my happy place again. And I fell in love with the sport once again. And so um, I just never stopped since that day. But the pandemic slowed everything down and shut the whole world basically down. And obviously it postponed the Olympic Games by a year. But for mm. me, it was it was such an amazing thing that they postponed the Games because I would have never been able to qualify for Tokyo if they kept the Games um, in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it would it wouldn't have been realistic. I mean, I didn't even learn how to walk until like February March of 2020. So, um, yeah, I just started training two to three times a day and. Um, I just wanted to be the best that I could be. Once I found out that the pandemic hit, I really buckled down and tried getting as much muscle as I could because I'd lost so much from being in and out of hospitals for years. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was just like, you know what? I want to try to go to Tokyo. So I just worked really hard. What did you learn about yourself through, through this process, you know, and through, everything that you went through starting in 2013, um, you know, up to this point? I think I've learned a lot. Um, You know, you never really learn anything unless you're thrown into the situation. And so um, I've learned that, like, I distinctly remember telling someone one time that was a bilateral amputee. And at the time I was a unilateral. I remember saying I'd never be able to survive being a bilateral amputee and here I am sitting here and I'm a bilateral amputee and so I think a lot of times like people underestimate how strong they are until you're actually in the situation when you're when someone's talking about something like whether it's a cancer diagnosis or an illness or whatever it might be people feel like they can't battle that on their own but once they're faced with it head to head that's their only option to battle it head on and and how critical was it for for you to have you know just the support of of family and friends you know through the through the entire process in your comeback yeah that was absolutely amazing i had so many family and friends that were there to support me through all of it and i honestly would not be where i am today without them and they're just I don't know. I think when you're going through something so difficult, it's awesome and very, very important to just know how loved you are. So let's get into your schedule coming up here. And, and I, I know you're leaving in a few days uh, and, and the Paralympics start on the 24th. You're, you're going to be competing in the, the 400 freestyle and the, the 50 freestyle. 
two two sort of different events, you know, a distance event and a sprint. So, you know, how, how do you train for that? And and do you have do you have to go in with a, a couple of different mindsets for those races? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the four hundred freestyle is my definitely my favorite event. Um, I absolutely love that event, and that's the event that I train for. I would say ninety five percent of the time. So that's I'm definitely looking forward to that event. The 50 freestyle is kind of just a bonus for me. And it's just something that I try to have fun with. A lot of times I struggle with it because um, I feel like I'm just picking up my speed by the time the race is ending. And so uh, that part's a little bit difficult. But honestly, like the mindset's pretty much the same. Like just go in and have fun is something that I always like to tell myself. And not to try to put in a lot of pressure on yourself because when I put pressure on myself, I never end up doing well. So I just really love having fun with the sport. And, you know, it's cool that this is my job. Like I get to do this every day. It's not like I have to go and sit at a desk every day and do whatever I have to do. Like I get to get up and go to swim practice for my job. Did you always like the distance swims and, and were you always a freestyler? Did you, did you have any other specialties? Yeah. So distance has always been my specialty and freestyle has always been my specialty. So, um, I really enjoy the mile, but for a pair, okay. they don't have the mile. So, um, the 400 is the longest distance that they do. Now, what about your, your you know, obviously a, big build up to, to Tokyo. What, what's your training schedule like? And, and, you know, on your, your toughest weeks, you know, how much, how much are you in the pool? Give us kind of an idea of your training schedule. Yeah. So I typically practice nine to 10 times per week in the pool and I have three to four weight sessions a week. And so typically like I'll either have a double or a triple every single day. And when I'm not at the pool, I'm at home recovering or taking a nap. So um, I don't, in the free time that I have, it's always recovering and trying to get my body back into the best shape possible to be able to train as hard as I can. Is there, is there anything you're looking forward to, to doing outside of the pool when you get to Tokyo? Is there anything you're going to try to do while you're there? I'm, I'm not sure what, how, how much you're able to do with the pandemic still going on, but uh you know, what about outside the pool? What are you looking forward to the most about Tokyo? Yeah, I'm just excited to meet people from all over the world in the village. That should be really fun. We're not allowed outside of the village because of Japan's guidelines due okay. to COVID. So um, just doing things in the village should be fun, like meeting people from different countries and just getting a better understanding of everything because this is my first game that I'm going to. And, and, you know, what would you, what would you tell young athletes that have setbacks of their own and, you know, how can they stay motivated and and persevere through obstacles that they have? I would say the biggest thing is to never stop dreaming because when you stop dreaming, that's when things end. And so um, if you never stop dreaming, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and you'll always be having something to chase after. So I think it's really important to always have dreams and goals, no matter what you're going through in life. 
I'm talking with Morgan Stickney on the Steel Sports Podcast, uh, 2020 Paralympian. She's going to be competing uh, beginning August 30th, Monday, August 30th, and Tuesday, August 31st in the 400-meter freestyle and 50-meter freestyle. Uh, you're also, you have a new partnership with Steel Partners, and I know you're now a part of the Steel Sports National Advisory Board, which is just outstanding. You know, what what impact and what impact do you want to have on young athletes? Yeah, I want to be able to show athletes that there's a lot more to sport than just playing on the field. Um, sport has so many life lessons that you can learn from it. And it's just an amazing thing to be able to be involved in sports, interacting with other athletes and just the life lessons that you learn, like hard work, determination, perseverance, and just being able to be yourself, um, no matter what race, gender, sexuality, no matter what difference you have in life, everyone is welcome to be able to participate in sports. Well, I know we're looking forward to many other conversations in the future, Morgan, and, and we certainly wish you the best of luck in Tokyo. Uh, just a, a couple plugs. I definitely want our followers and our listeners uh, to follow you on Instagram. You can follow her at Morgan Stickney at Morgan Stickney. How's, how's your Instagram game? Um, it's going good, I guess. G- getting better every day. <laughs> sure. You already got the verified check mark, the, the blue check mark. So, um, you know, I'm sure someone's obviously taking notice, but, uh, we'll be sure to follow you on there. And then in the pool, definitely want to follow you, like I said, the, the evenings of Monday, August 30th, and Tuesday, August 31st, uh, her S8 heat of the 400-meter freestyle. Uh, it's going to be a little bit after 8 p.m. Eastern on August 30th. That's Monday. And then the 50-meter freestyle the following day, the evening of Tuesday, August 31st, that'll be a little bit before 10.30 p.m. Eastern. And you can watch the 2020 Paralympics on the NBC family of networks, NBC, NBC Sports Network, and the Olympic Channel. But I know we'll all be watching. We'll all be a part of Team Stickney uh, during these Paralympics. And we're just excited to, to watch you compete. And just an incredible story. It's, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Morgan. Thank you so much. Morgan Stickney has overcome so much and worked so hard to achieve her athletic dreams. And I can speak for everyone at Steel Sports that we're proud to be a part of Team Stickney. For anyone that may be faced with obstacles, never stop dreaming, as Morgan says, because there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Steel Sports Podcast. Please hit that subscribe button so you always stay up to date on our most recent episodes, and we hope to have Morgan back for another chat in September after the Paralympics conclude so we can hear all about her experience. In the meantime, good luck, Morgan. Go Team USA. Until next time. Thanks for listening.